0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. I am... Doing this pod from my office, I just ran upstairs to do it from watching DePaul beat Texas Tech. Whew. That game was stressful. Uh, the Blue Demons ended up winning 65-60 to in overtime over last year's national runner-up. And, yeah, you know, they don't have all the guys they had last year, but it's a, a pretty important win for DePaul that moves them to 9-0 and As the night began, there were 18 undefeated teams. As DePaul finished their game, there were only 17. And DePaul is one of them. And that is a crazy, crazy thing to see. They've got two huge wins before this one. They won on the road at Iowa, which I think probably opened a lot of people's eyes to what they were doing. And they had a, a win this past Friday up in Minnesota against the Golden Gophers. So that's two wins against... Big 10 teams on the road, and then you bring in, uh, I would say, a top 30 team in Texas Tech, and I think DePaul's right there with them. It's funny, I was talking with Joe Ostrowski last night, and I thought for sure that Texas Tech would be favored in the game, but it was a pick em. and turns out that that was right on target because this game, the stress level of this game is unbelievable. You had both these teams playing great defense. Yeah, there were some bad shots, but the bad shots were forced by great defense. Chris Beard is one of the best coaches in America, and watching the combination defenses that he runs and how disciplined his guys are in running it, it's uh, really inspiring. And I remember back in 2015, he was coaching Arkansas Little Rock, and they came in, to DePaul and did the exact same thing that we saw Texas tech do. And I remember back then like saying to Zach, like, yo, this is a, this is a coach that knows what he's doing. And you're trying to take the DePaul factor out of it, you know, cause the program had been down so much, but you saw a guy that knew what he was doing. I thought for the first time in a really long time, that I've been watching or commenting on DePaul basketball that the Blue Demons matched their opponents' defensive intensity, number one, and guile. They knew what they were doing. They understood where the help was, and they played into the help. The switches were proper. They they forced a bunch of turnovers. It ended up being like 20-something turnovers on Texas Tech. They got multiple... Uh, um, shot clock violation calls against them, and those are the types of things that, in I'm really encouraged by. Yeah, Texas Tech had 23 turnovers in this game. 23, and 12 steals for Depaul in this game. Really encouraged by the fact that you got a, a good defensive effort. That they they met a team that you scoring was a premium, and you were going to have to keep them from scoring. And they rose to the occasion, scoring 12 points in overtime to, to win this one. And Jalen Coleman lands. Like every, it was seen like nobody could shoot threes, like no one. And then he comes up with a bunch of big shots, including the one that ends up being the, the, the reason that you push to, to overtime. He hits four of them. He ends up with 20 points. Jalen Butts had 15 points. Paul Reed, who I think – has an opportunity if he continues to play well to open the eyes of pro scouts. And I was looking at the, um, the, the scores table and the, the media on the end on both end lines, there were a ton of pro scouts at guys that I know a ton of pro scouts that were in the building watching that. It was nice to see. It was nice to see the wind trust bottom bowl full. And I think that for now, like that's good enough I saw that there were people up on the top level, but seeing the bottom bowl full and seeing people excited about going to that game was great. I'll just tell you from my own personal, I couldn't go. I just couldn't. It was too stressful. The The game, the moment was too stressful, and I decided that I was going to... I wanted to be able to kind of scream and act crazy. And if they lost, I didn't know what I was going to do with myself tonight and Panther is actually out of the house like you might even you might even hear her come in um, while I'm recording but I knew I had the house to myself I had the basement to myself I had the big TV and the couch all to myself and I just sat there and I really didn't even tweet much because the game was so stressful what what I will say what's really cool about watching the game tonight was I think that DePaul has a chance I said this last week or, you know, I was talking about DePaul. I think that DePaul is everyone in Chicago's second team. Except for, you know, alums and students and old school fans of DePaul. DePaul can be everyone's second team. Like, people are happy that DePaul won this game. And I noticed it in my own Twitter timeline and the Hall of Famer, Stephen Howard, looking at his timeline. People want this program to succeed, and it was – This was a game where people's eyes were on DePaul. That, all right, let's see what they're all about. Yeah, I heard they beat Iowa, and I heard that they beat Minnesota, and they're undefeated, but is that undefeated real? And I think that people tuned in to kind of find out what was real with this team and what wasn't real. And so far, so good, man. They passed the the smell test, and I imagine that, they will, if they don't slip this, just don't slip this weekend, that they will find themselves in the top 25 next week. They're already in the AP poll. They were already in the others receiving votes category. So I imagine that if they don't slip and they end up out of the weekend 10 and 0, that they'll find themselves ranked. Like 10 is usually the magic number for non-conference. If you can get to 10 wins and you go 500 in your conference that that gives DePaul 19 wins. Plus, you know, if you win a game or two in the conference tournament, it sets you up really well and they just can't have any slips. That's, that's the thing that's been the bugaboo. And, and to, tonight looked like one of those games because they didn't shoot well it, because Texas tech plays really good defense. They make you make bad shots. And DePaul didn't do that. They, they, They weren't making shots early on. They only shot 40% from the field. And the scary part is they only shot 56% from the line. And I thought for sure when Jalen Butts was going to the line, I'm like, ah, this is going to be the undoing. I understood why Dave had him in the game. And then I'm like, ah, I know they were going to go and foul him. And then Dave took him out of the game. And he was, you know, three for 11 from the free throw line. And he he gets his points on putbacks and alley-oops. And he did that tonight, 15 points for him, seven boards. And I, I was just as, just as panicked as anybody watching that. But it's, it's nice to be sitting here and doing a podcast all about DePaul winning and things looking up and actually feeling like they're looking up. I mean, I've had, whether it's people at the university or other fans of the team, kind of tell me, oh, you know, things are going to turn around. And you know, I was looking at the team up close. and I was like, ah, I don't think so. Things are a little bit different now because you can see the impact that a guy like Charlie Moore has on the team, even on a night where he didn't shoot well. He only scored six points, but he gives you five steals, five rebounds, 10 assists and he could have had more. I mean, there are a bunch of shots that people missed that he had set them up on perfectly. They they got what they needed from their their starting five in this game and got just enough off the bench. And they hung on and won and it's great. I I'm in a super good mood right now because you know, you've watched DePaul over the last 15 years i've watched them up close and on the road and in places like rutgers and all sorts of stuff and it's nice that there's something that can take our mind off of some of the other things that are going on in sports in chicago right now but more than that it's nice that they're going to that they've earned the attention that they're going to get this isn't some like oh DePaul started off four and zero, and their four wins are no disrespect like against Chicago State and you know Saint Thaddeus Grammar School like you know you know what I mean like these are legitimate wins that you can see progress you can see that Paul Reed looks like a guy that might be an NBA player you can see that Charlie Moore has incredible feel for the game. he's got a feel for it, which is great. I love that. I love watching him play. It was a little scary watching Shannon for Texas Tech because the kid went to Lincoln Park and he's he could throw a stone to DePaul's campus and you're watching him come into the Wind Trust Center and and Wind Trust Arena and just go crazy. I uh, had 24 points on the game, shot 50% from the floor, at eight rebounds. I'm sure you had a ton of, of friends and family at the game. And I'm like, oh, of course, the kid from Lincoln Park, the, the kid that didn't choose to go to DePaul, even though it was right around the corner, is going to come back to Chicago and turn their lights out. Well, that wasn't the case. It was the other way around, and I was glad to see it. Some people said to me that when the kids rushed the floor at Wintrust, it looked like they didn't know what to do. Well, (laughs) when have the other opportunities been there for the students to rush the floor? Also, there used to be a, like in Rosemont, you get arrested for it. And they were pretty vocal about don't rush the court or else you're going to jail. So I wonder if some of that was reflexive. And I don't know, I think that, that they might have to pay a fine for store, for court storming, but who cares? It's a big win against a team that played in the national championship game last year. It keeps you undefeated. It um, really opens the door for DePaul to go to the NCAA tournament. And that's weird to say because it's December what December 4th, December 5th. It's a weird thing to say at this point in the season. But if you start looking at it, if they can if they can just be 500 in Big East play, you're talking like even like right now, if they can go 500 in Big East play, they're an 18 win team. Finish your non-conference schedule with some wins and go off into what happens December 30th when things start to get real uh, in the Big East. But as a DePaul alum, as a professor at DePaul, I couldn't be happier about what I saw tonight because finally on the men's side of DePaul basketball, there was some joy. There's been seventeen years of joy on the women's side. They go to the tournament every year. You pretty much advance them a line every year. But seeing the men do this and seeing Dave Leto uh come back and you're sitting there going, is this whole thing gonna work? him coming back and They've been very lucky in some of the transfers that have made it like Jalen Coleman lands and and it's it's good to see him and more like both those guys wanted to be a part of this along with guys they recruited, like Paul Reed and Jalen Butts make a team in an effort like this. It's great. i'm I'm gonna stop talking. I'm super happy. I'm drunk on happiness right now. DePaul wins 65-60. to The Blue Demons are 9-0. They're one of 17 undefeated teams in the country. Think about that. Celebrate that. Talk to you next time.